studio in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn. It's the Not A Foodie Show. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's going on? The Not A Foodie Show is a radio show and podcast about food and food culture. I am Tom Mialli, and with me, as always, is Mike Moranti. Hey, Mike, again. Hi, again. <laughs> I'm giving. I'm just giving more um, for, for our new listeners. We've got a whole bunch of new listeners I hear, so I'm giving them a little bit of a breakdown of you know we're, what the show's about. We're breaking into the New Jersey market today. <laughs> exactly. It, yeah, we've got we got a guest on from New Jersey talking about fine dining in New Jersey because apparently so that's a thing. Dining. And not so fine dining. Um, we're going to talk food news as always. We've got um, some. What what did we want? What did we call it? Budget like, meals. Budget meals. Falling but on like, a budget. Balling on a bu- baller meals for uh, when you're on a budget. Um, but let's start as always with food news. Yep. Mike, what do you got? Uh, Mrs. Kim Kardashian West. Yes. Tweeted at Jack in the Box that uh, she needed to talk to them pronto. Pronto. And it wasn't about someone messing up her order or something like that. It was something that she saw mm-hmm. that disturbed her, but she didn't say what it was. She said I wasn't. She wasn't going to blow up their spot on Twitter. But. Still blew up their spot. But she still blew up yeah. their spot. Um, what I thought was hysterical was the madness that ensued in every food brand's social media room after that tweet went out. So, you know, all of these crazy other food brands tweeted back at her. Oh, well, a lot of them are like uh, fast food, which makes sense. Uh-huh. But then there was like uh, vegan Rob's, which is a vegan Rob's vegan burger puffs. And they were like, hey, Kim, where's the beef? Not here. <laughs> just, just to try and get Wait. some exposure. And, and it worked because you're talking about it on the radio right now. They only have now. 32 likes. Th- that's it. But now they, they also have an audience on the Not A Foodie Show right now. <laughs> everyone, yeah. is, everyone go check out Vegan Rob's. And pizza, which have you been to it in um, Flatiron? No. If you get an ampersand. Uh, you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, get, you free, get pizza free pizza. For, yeah. Yeah, 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 I know that place. Mark has one. Chef Mark. He's got an ampersand? Yeah. For, because he... For free pizza. Just, just to get Because he worked pizza. across the street for Oh, okay. For yeah, so it makes sense. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Makes sense to... So, you know. <laughs> they said, SMH, which is uh, shaking my head. Yes. Definitely not the move. Which I like... Wait, who said that? And pizza. Oh, the and pizza. But, like, it, it's not like Kim is calling out, like, a, a small mom and pop. Like, it's a multi-million dollar entity, so I well, don't really care. And we don't even know what they're talking... Yeah. What she's talking about. It could be nothing. But... This is the this is the era that we are in. It's mm-hmm. internet celebrities decide. I mean, and she's a celebrity. She's just a but she celebrity. Is, period. End of and in, but she is an internet phenomenon. Yeah. Like when she tweets something or posts something on Instagram, within seconds, marketers all over the world are trying to jump on this bandwagon of responding. Um, Hooters said, "Not a good day to be Jack." But like, <laughs> is it ever a good day to be Hooters? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean. I, this whole thing is just is weird. I and it's a half story at best because we have no idea what she was tweeting about. I think the real story is the way that the food brands responded yeah. and how quickly they responded and social media marketing in particularly with fast food chains 
I think is hysterical. I love Wendy's Twitter account. Yeah, I love so, Burger King's Twitter account. So Wendy's said, uh, those are the last two I'm going to do because I'm not going to go through like 20 of them. Uh, Wendy's said, but like, who even goes there? <laughs> yeah. I, it, Wendy's is, Wendy's is, they are the right, they've walked the line between being controversial and being funny and being just good natured. And that's just who they are. Like, they were one of the first brands that were like, oh, no, um, we're so sorry about this, and we're so sorry about that. Wendy's is just there. Like, when, Wendy's the, just goes for it. The best thing I ever saw was someone was like, how, are, how is your meat never frozen? You just put it in hot trucks, and they just replied, oh, you forgot refrigerators exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, you know, kudos to their social team there. Um, I've got food news. Uh, um, I've got, okay, I've got, Two things. You tell me how you're feeling right now. Do okay. you want to hear something that's gross and interesting, or do you want to hear something that's fun? What do you uh, want to hear first? Fun. Okay, new Coke is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! You know that. Do, you, do you know what new Coke is? Yeah, yeah. Because there was Coke, and then they tried to change the formula, and then no one wanted it, so they went back to the old Coke. Yes. But that just means that nobody's drinking soda anymore. No. And they're trying and, to. No, just, no, no, no. It's all gimmicks. You don't let me finish. Okay. It's a tie-in. It's a tie-in for. A new Back to the Future movie. No. Stranger Things season three. Oh. Which is which takes place in 1985, I think it is, the year that New Coke came out. Maybe it's 1985. I don't know. Whenever it is, but the trailer. Um, there was an extended trailer that came out that featured you know some people drinking New Coke, and then um, Coke said that they are announcing that it's going to come back. Um, just you know, temporarily as a you know marketing tie-in for Stranger Things. So it's not coming back permanently, uh -huh. but it's coming back. To to tie in what I just said about Twitter, and to tie in what you just said about making things appear. Uh huh. Chance the rapper brought back spicy chicken nuggets. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Chance the rapper tweeted, "Man, I wish we could. Some days I just wish uh, Wendy's brought back spicy chicken nuggets." And they're like, "If you can get a million retweets or whatever, we'll bring them back." We'll bring them and back. Like, I don't eat fast food, but if I could do something to make Chancellor Apper a little bit happier, I will. So I retweeted it. And do you do you know who chicken nuggets exist? Who I follow, again. who is my favorite fast food um, sort of reviewer connoisseur, um, Bill Oakley. Do you, do you know Bill Oakley? Nope. So Bill Oakley, I might have mentioned him to you at one point. Bill Oakley, go check him out on Twitter if if you're not following him already. Bill Oakley was a writer for The Simpsons, and he wrote. The infamous steamed hams episode, where uh, it's it's a whole. If you're into The Simpsons, you know what steamed hams are. Um, it, but Bill does like fast food reviews, and he'll travel around the world. He'll go to Japan or Finland and and review a McDonald's you know sandwich that they only have there. And it, he's awesome. He's really funny, and he's awesome. And he it, all of that news, like he is the conduit for all of that news. For, like Chance the Rapper bringing back. You know, spicy chicken nuggets and all of that stuff. Um, so I'll follow him. Follow him, Bill Oakley. Um, so you want to go to the gross news now? Yeah. Gross and interesting. Um, so you know how cheese is made? Yeah, we had a whole episode yes. about Yes. So cheese involves, you've got some dairy, you introduce bacteria and cultures to it, and then you, you know, it turns to cheese. It curdles and turns to cheese. So um, the, the V&A Museum, the Victoria and Albert Museum in London has an exhibit right now called Cheesy Celebrity Selfies, where in order to get, so they're making cheese, and what they're doing is they're taking bacteria 
from skin samples from celebrities. Making cheese with it? And making cheese with it. Cool. So um, so some of them Did are interesting. Did they do one with the Tribe Called Quest to see if that was, <laughs> would also be the best cheese? Throwback to uh, cheesy rap music. Yeah, I uh, yeah. mean, if, that, if, if your music and your DNA make the best cheese, you're just like <laughs> the king of cheese. No, right? but they've like, got some British rapper who I don't know. They've oh. got Alex James from Blur. Um, the one that I have that I found interesting is um, Heston Blumenthal. Uh, the, who's a chef? Do you know Heston Blumenthal? Probably his restaurants. His, yeah, his restaurants are not very big here, you know, in the U.S., but mm-hmm. all over, you know, all over Australia, all over Europe. They're they're huge, um, and he is uh, he basically got microbes from his groin. So you're eating Heston from Blumenthal's uh, crotch cheese, yeah, uh, which I thought was was pretty ridiculous. Oh, yeah, are people actually eating these things? I I don't know. They're, the cheeses are being sequenced in the lab to find out exactly what species of bacteria they contain and whether they are edible or not. So oh, good. they okay. don't know if it's edible. Um, but you know, <laughs> but they're making cheese, and you can go to the VNA in London, and you can see all of the different celebrity I, cheeses. I'm gonna say that this is the first step towards human cloning. <laughs> this is the first step? This is the first step. You know, we're sequencing DNA and everything, but this is the this first step. This is the step. first step, yeah. You think that humans of the future are going to be comprised primarily of cheese? No, I think this is the first step to making real humans. So is, we're, make we're, cheese with humans. You're saying we're going to be cheese-based. No, no, we're going to be human-based, <laughs> but first you have to make cheese with humans to see how it <laughs> we're works. Gonna be, we're going to be vegetarian. We're not going to be made of meat. We're going to be made of cheese. You heard it here first on the oh, Not God. A Foodie Show. <laughs> All right. This is the Not A Foodie Show, at Not A Foodie Show on Twitter and Instagram. Be back in a minute. Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little adventure. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session, tell them that the Not A Foodie Show sent you, and I'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount. BK Media Studio in the heart of Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Right next to the G Train. Brooklyn's most convenient studio. Hey everyone, it's Tom from the Not A Foodie Show. Are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant loving audience? The Not A Foodie Radio Show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets. For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. Are you a bar owner or thinking about becoming one? Whether you need a new cocktail list or an entire staff train, the experts at Express and Discard can help. Email today for a free consultation. Consult at expressdiscard.com. Everyone deserves an expert in their corner. And we're back with the Not A Foodie Show. Radio Rampa, 6.20 a.m. At Not A Foodie Show on Instagram and Twitter. At Mike Moranti, at Team Miale, Instagram and t- Twitter. 
Uh, summer's here. Summer is here, and the it's time is right. Summertime, yeah. and the weather is fine. Da, 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 da. Yeah. This, is this the segment where you just talk uh, some, songs of summer? No, that After that was last the time. Songs no. Of... no, Brandy, you're a fine girl. Looking Glass. Oh the, yeah, we talked about that it on my. Is um... the only song that you grill to. <laughs> <laughs> it's that go greatest of all time Memorial Day weekend song. We that did. just it is it that is summer doesn't start until I hear that song. <laughs> that that's just it's I the forgot truth. about that. We talked about this on the on our I, podcast before we had a radio show. We you talked know about why grilling. I didn't forget songs. about that. Why? Because it's part of me. It's, <laughs> it's, it's ingrained like, yeah. in who you are. <laughs> so. I, because summer is here and because grilling season is here, I wanted to talk about grilling. I want to talk about some grilling hacks and or quote unquote hacks, really just knowing how to grill. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that 95% of the people in the United States don't know how to grill. That's and, your hot food take. And they grill all the time. They, like People that grill all the time don't know how to grill. Yeah, well, newsflash, if you grill your burgers well done, you don't know how to do anything. <laughs> Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So I've got, I want to talk about, I want to talk very, you know, quickly, give, give some quick, easy tips and tricks for grilling. Okay. So number S- one. Step one. S- n- number one. Turn on WCBS FM. <laughs> and listen to do yes. Do they still play do up? I don't even no, know. Well, they, it's the oldies get newer as the Yeah, I know. Older. Well, like Pearl Jam is oldies now, right? Like it's, it's stuff it, that it, I grew up it's with. It's like the outfield oldies. and like, um. Yeah, stuff I grew up with. Yeah. <laughs> um, so step one, turn on the radio. Turn it's, it's best if it's a transistor radio <laughs> and you're wearing plaid shorts and a t-shirt and you got a little bit of a beer belly. There you go. There's your grilling. We, we've set the scene for you. With a cold beer in your hand. Oh, you do whiskey in your hand. I do. It depends what I'm cooking. I'll start with a whiskey, but then I'll switch to beer. If it's a long cook, I'll definitely switch <laughs> to beer. Um, so I first, first step, turn on your grill. Turn on your grill and walk away, or get a fire going if you're doing a coal grill. Walk away. I don't care whether you're doing you know, propane or natural gas or charcoal or wood charcoal, whatever it is. Like, get your fire going, get the heat to the temperature up like really, really high, and walk away from your grill. Just walk away for 10 minutes. Heat your grill up. Make sure that you've got a nice hot grill, because otherwise, things are going to stick to your grill. No yep. matter what, things are going to stick to your grill. Speaking of sticking to your grill, number two, make sure your grill is well seasoned or oiled. It needs to be oiled. So I have, um, I use, you know, like Pam or whatever the Costco equivalent is of the spray or coconut. Canola. Spray uh, coconut oil. I, too. I, yeah, whatever it is. I don't, coconut oil, I think, has a higher smoke point, but I'm not sure. I mean, I just use, I use the high temp Pam or I use the Costco stuff or whatever. Or if I don't have any of that stuff, I take some vegetable oil, dip it in, um, or Brush? dip uh, dip some uh, no uh, paper towels. So I'll, like crumble up some paper towels, dip it in a little canola oil, take barbecue tongs, and just rub it on the grill grates because it's hot. Yes. So you can't put your hand on it. Yes. So you have this you know nice, well-oiled grill. Number three, don't don't keep that temperature up high the whole time. I can't tell you how many times I go to a barbecue and people just have it like jacked up. The temperature is up as high as it can go, right? You have to create heat zones on your grill because all things are not going to cook at the same time. 
at the same temperature at the same That's time. That's also the best way to get yourself like salmonella. You try to cook uh, chicken on a super, super hot yeah, grill, and yeah. it just it burns on it the outside. It burns the outside, and, then, the is and raw. then the inside is completely raw. Chicken is the one of the easiest things to cook on the grill, but people don't know how to do it. Like you, the secret to chicken is you sear it on the hot side of the grill, then put it on a cool side of the grill and slow cook it. It has to slow cook. I mean, and don't don't think that you could tell by feel when a chicken is done. Go invest in a good meat thermometer. When it when the chicken is safe. You know, you'll you can look it up online what the safe temperatures are for different when, cuts. It depends what it is. It depends no, on breast versus. It, no, it's like one fifty. Uh, not for thighs. For thighs, I think it's like one eighty. But I'm not going to give FDA. Uh, I'm not going to get sued for giving you guys salmonella. So go look it up online. Um, number two, or I don't know what number we're on. Number, I have, whatever. Whatever number we're on. Letter B. <laughs> <laughs> number blue. Um, what I would do is. Whatever temperature you want your meat to be done at, take it off five degrees before it reaches that temperature and then let it sit. Let it sit for a good five minutes. Um, wrap it up in tin foil? It depends what, you're, what you have. Most of the time I'll wrap it in or I'll tent it in tin foil because yeah, I don't want I mean. the skin to get to. Yeah, yeah but, but sometimes I'll take things off the grill, you know, 10 degrees below their point. If, I'm, if I know that I'm going to wrap them in foil and they're going to sort of cook it slowly in the foil, you know, when you take it off the heat, because there is residual heat that will cook your food. Um, so, I mean, that's 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 one of the really big things. Number two, uh, <laughs> number number seventy-five. Uh, <laughs> next, you should just say next. <laughs> next, um, there are certain meats that should be cooked under on high temperatures, and certain meats that should not. So, chicken, we said you're sort of slowly cooking it, you're searing it, and then slowly cooking it. Steaks, sear them. Sear those bad boys. Just get them as high high temperature as you can. You want the insides to be medium rare um, or whatever temperature you want them to be. You want to cook that over high heat because you want to create a crust on the outside. What about sauce, Tom? That was going to be my next. I've got... So I've got two just, things about just sauce. I know, right? Those are softball to me. We didn't even discuss this. You, yeah. Mike, I'm, I'm freaking out right now. I'm like... <laughs> I'm because grilling is something that I'm very passionate about and I can't I'm talking too fast. I need to calm myself down. All right. So sauce. <laughs> so I think there are a couple different kinds of sauce. I think my advice would be if you're going to use something sweet like a barbecue sauce, you wait till the end to put the barbecue sauce on because Sugar caramelizes and burns very easily. I'm going to add your barbecue sauce recipe to this blog. Post. Absolutely. This barbecue sauce is delicious. And usually what I do is I'll cook something low and slow. And then in the last minute or two, I'll put this barbecue sauce on and then kiss it on the high heat just to caramelize the outside a little bit. So I've got this great, it's a bourbon barbecue sauce recipe. And Michael put it on the blog post. So go to... Um, uh, Radio Rampa .nyc slash not a foodie slash not a foodie or not a foodie.com and you'll see the recipe for that. Um, so there's that. But then I also love creating sauce or making sauces that are designed to put on after I take something off the like grill. A dip? So I do a lot of like salsa verdes. So I'll mm -hmm. do a lot of herbs, garlic, capers, um, anchovies. anchovies, just, you know, something that is a little bit bright because grilling can be a very, very heavy flavor. Um, you know, the char can be very he heavy. So I like to lighten it up. So what I'll do with steaks 
is I'll take the steaks off the grill and then slather a salsa verde or a chimichurri on top of them and then wrap them up and let them sit that way. So what happens is the juices from the steak mix with whatever salsa I put on there, whatever sauce I put on there, and it creates this extra special sauce. Um, so sauces, I think, are really, really important when you're flavoring what about, like, chicken um, or chicken steak wings. or anything like that. Um, what about cook them? them and then toss them in? Oh, like if you're going to make like a, a grilled a buff- yeah. buffalo chicken? Yeah, so what I'll do with those is I'll do a dry rub that is a little bit light on the sugar. So garlic salt, paprika, onion salt, things like that. Throw them on the grill. Again, not on high temperature. Like you want the grill itself to be hot. Um, you know, like the, the barbecue itself to mm-hmm. be hot, but you don't want the flames the direct directly underneath your chicken wings. Mm-hmm. So you want those chicken wings to roast a little bit. And then when they're done, I just take them out and toss them in a buffalo sauce or yeah. in a barbecue sauce or something like that. Um, but it, we're, we're running low on time. Let's go to clean up. That's, Unless there's something. Uh, oh like, my god! This yeah. is this is my what I was gonna say is my. You, we're on the same page here. I know how to cook. I uh, do cook my last stuff. my last tip is actually make sure your grill is clean. So at the end of the day, you're gonna have lots of gross things stuck to your grill, especially if you're grilling with barbecue sauce or anything like that. So make sure that you number one turn the heat up on your grill, close your grill for like five minutes, and then leave it alone. Shut the, shut the heat burn off. burn everything off. You want hopefully. to burn everything off. Um, I usually do that at the end of a, of a meal, and then I just, you know, I want to go enjoy my meal. So I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not even going to do cleanup on my grill at that point. But I know that when I come back to my grill next time, it's not going to be this stuck-on stuff. It's going to be almost like ash that I just have to scrape off really easily on the grill, off the grill. So then when I come back next time to grill again, I just use my wire brush, I scrub uh, all the little stuff off of it, and then I turn the grill up and oil it, and we're ready to go again. And the secret is, if you keep your grill cleaned after you cook, and then well-oiled when you start cooking again, you'll develop a natural seasoning to your grill grates, and you'll have to use less oil, and you'll get less food sticking to it as you cook more and more. It's like a cast iron pan. It absolutely is like a cast iron pan. We uh, oh. we sold the house that I grew up in, and, or we sold my grandmother's house, and I lost my uh, grill because I didn't, couldn't move it to an apartment, and I missed that more than I missed the house. Oh, well, <laughs> well, you can come over and barbecue anytime you want. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like I need a drink after that segment because I <laughs> talked a lot because I am very passionate about grilling. Uh, so we're gonna take a break now. And we'll be back in a little bit. This is the Not a Foodie Show at Not a Foodie Show on Twitter and Instagram. Be back in a minute. Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little venture. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session tell them that the not a foodie show sent you and i'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount bk media studio in the heart of greenpoint brooklyn right next to the g train brooklyn's most convenient studio hey everyone it's tom from the not a foodie show are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant loving audience 
The Not A Foodie radio show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets. For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. Are you a bar owner or thinking about becoming one? Whether you need a new cocktail list or an entire staff trade, the experts at Express and Discard can help. Email today for a free consultation. Consult at expressdiscard.com. Everyone deserves an expert in their corner. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in to the Not A Foodie Show, Radio Rampa, 620 AM. As always, Mike Moranti. Hey, and I'm Tom. Joined with Tom Miale, and we have a very special guest today, Devin Healy. Uh, hey, Devin. Hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> Devin is a uh, central New Jersey-based food blogger. He's the founder of Coog Eats. Coog Eats, I'm pronouncing that, yep. right? Yeah. Coog Eats, like cougar minus the AR. <laughs> Coug- not older women related at all. No? No. Well, what and why not both? Yeah. Porque no los dos. So what? What is? What's Coog Eats? Why did like? What is it? So, uh, I grew up in the Central Jersey area, um, and I kind of gradually turned into a not a foodie, but definitely a foodie. Uh, I hate that term though. That that's uh, why we started a radio show Um, and a blog. And uh, my parents were always like really adventurous with food, Mm -hmm. and. I sort of grew into becoming more of uh, more appreciative of different kind of cuisines, um, which s- sort of made me want to uh, shout out the restaurants that weren't getting the pl- like the play, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, in Central Jersey. Uh, and like these are towns anywhere from like Morristown to New Brunswick, Somerville, Asbury Park, Red Bank, that that area, print down to Princeton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a very uh, well-defined Central Jersey areas. I actually wrote a thesis on this. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's uh, how I got college. my master's degree. Yes, <laughs> and uh, so uh, I don't know. It was it's mostly like the north North Jersey, like Bergen County restaurants that are getting any play in New Jersey, and no play at all from anybody in New York, uh, which I get. None of my friends want to come out to New Jersey either. But um, as I sort of grew into more um, more of the food scene, I uh, I decided you know it's time to start repping uh, some of these restaurants that weren't getting the play. Um, I, uh, so, so most of these restaurants are there. Are they like hidden gems or just solid restaurants? Or you, you feel like I mean, they're not? Honestly, it's anywhere from uh, restaurants that, if they weren't in New Jersey, might have a Michelin star. Really, to all mm-hmm. the way down to like hidden gems. Okay, that, that's a statement. Yeah, and there's wow. a couple. And so I know nothing, and I am I live on <clears throat> across two rivers. I live in Queens. Right. So yeah, it's hard, you know. Staten Island today, so that's, I've been I have st- I have set foot in Staten Island. Actual like my boot, boots on the ground in Staten <laughs> Island two times in my entire life. I have never one time was because I got a ticket and they asked me to get out of the car. That's the second time I went for dinner to uh, that that restaurant Nona's. that's run by yeah the Nona's where the Nona's cook for you, which was phenomenal. I I have a, <laughs> a pretty good question. Uh, so in New York City, Michelin to New Yorkers doesn't mean anything, and the only thing that means anything is. New York Times reviews. Interesting. Because Pete Wells has a much better handle on New York City restaurants than Michelin ever will. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, something for a whole other time. Um, is there a central New Jersey yes. food review that you respect? Yeah. Uh, I would, it's without a doubt, NJ Monthly. Uh, they're like the New York Times of 
uh, New Jersey restaurants. They put out a yearly like 50 best list, and they usually nail it on most of them. Uh, NJ.com, I won't listen to, and I don't recommend anyone else to either. They're yeah, NJ.com, I think, is it's almost like a patch sort of paper, right? Yes. Where it's uh, more no, no, no. NJ.com is a legitimate... Uh, well, I mean, I guess for their reviews. It's not hyper-local. Right, it's, right. Um, okay. It's like a statewide review site. Well, it's not a review site. It's a, a statewide periodical. Site. Yeah. But uh, I just feel like their restaurant reviews are totally out of touch. Okay. They're of the they're they're the NJ one one point five of food reviews, if you will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how I feel about the uh, the post. Yeah. Well, any any paper outside the New York Times, yeah. and really. Mike Francesa. <laughs> there. Uh, here we go. But, I mean, I, we have twenty minutes. Are we so going to talk I, about no. sports pope in twenty minutes? Because we can. Twenty minutes is not enough time to talk about Mike Francesa. <laughs> well, plus he'll probably fall asleep if you listen. To <laughs> so you were saying earlier that you feel like the northern Jersey restaurants get get really good recognition. They get repped a little yeah, bit more. Definitely, but... like in the, the Brooklyn, Jersey City, or sorry, uh, Hoboken, Jersey City area. Yeah, uh, Jersey City is like obviously Freudian slip. Yeah, yeah, uh, Jersey, yeah, kind of Brooklyn, Brooklyn West. Yes, uh, Jersey City is definitely starting to blow up into like a really yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they had some food. really great, you know, well-known chefs were, were over in in Jersey City and Hoboken yeah. in that area. Uh, I mean, Raza Raza, from what I've heard, I haven't had it, but I've heard it's like the best pizza in New Jersey. Sorry, Star Tavern. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, it's definitely blowing up. Um, but there's definitely other towns that just don't get to play outside of like, you know, one or two mentions in like the 50 best. Okay. So, so what's one of these spots that you think if it was in, uh, the upper West side would, would like blow up? Uh, I would probably say, uh, well, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, uh, Jockey Hollow in Morristown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Chris Cannon restaurant. It's, uh. It's like three restaurants yeah, in one, right? It's, it's a little overwhelming for the first time. They have like an oyster bar. Uh, they have what's like a new concept called De Pesca. Which is everything is locally sourced down to like the ship captain, like they, li- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't been Bruce, since they opened the. They new concept, only play Bruce but... Springsteen on the boat. Yeah. And <laughs> that's actually how you uh, you raise the oysters. Yes. You listen to uh, <laughs> Bruce. Well, Rossi. I mean, they're working class oysters. They they are, yeah. they're briny, briny oysters. Very briny. <laughs> so this place, uh, what kind of dining dining is it? Is it sort oh, of American man. fare or so, like what is it? So that's like a, a topic that I'm like not even sure how to broach. Like, what is American food now anyway? Like, like how do you define new American? Like a take on it's really like an amalgamation. It, yeah, I'd say new American is when when you'll have um, five six entrees and they're each a different protein, and they could be done. One could be uh. A, like a skirt steak chimichurri. One could be heritage pork loin with apples or something like that. Then your uh, your seafood or your shellfish might be more Mediterranean or Spanish. But it's all still, it's small menu, hyper hyper local with a very focused menu. Yeah. That, I, that's how I would con- define New American, where you're using ingredients from all over, but it all makes sense and nothing's a What's Old American then? Oh, like those tortoises that are like extinct now because people were eating them. <laughs> corn dogs? Yeah. <laughs> T- yeah, corn dogs and terrapin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say it's like a mix of New American and uh, maybe like Nuevo Italian. Okay. So it's like a lot of very pasta based, very seafood based. Um, gotcha. Also, uh, New Brunswick, I want to shout out Dewey Mori. Uh, so Dewey Mori? Uh, Dewey Mori means like of the sea. Okay. Uh, it's a uh, seafood heavy, uh, homemade like pasta every day. Like they have a pastry chef that comes in every day, make all the desserts. 
It's a Michael White restaurant. Uh, oh, it is. Wow. Yeah, uh, I I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, I mean Michael um, White is. Yeah, uh, got, I'll I'll eat his pasta anywhere. I'll go to Jersey to eat his pasta. Yes, uh, Duemari is, and uh, even in New Brunswick, doesn't seem to get a lot of play. Everybody's like Frog in the Peach, uh, which is like consisting like top ten in New Jersey, or um, like Stage Left, um, which is a Francis Shot restaurant, uh, and that's like just one best steak and best burger in New Jersey. Wow. Um, yeah, so they're like they just did a, like a reconcept into a ste- like a more of a steakhouse, like a chop house. Yeah, uh, okay. so you can get like a one of those like double tomahawk pork chops. It's like one hundred and fifty dollars. It's pretty and with on like right. a salt brick. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty intense. Well, I have I have a question for you. I'm going to interrupt for a second. So you know what the best steakhouse in New Jersey? How like I mean the gold standard for me is. Peter Luger's here in Brooklyn. Okay. Right. Like, Wait, do you think that Peter Luger's is actually the best steakhouse, or it's like the most special place, or do you is that the standard that you compare everything? Because that's I the standard that I that compare, you compare things to, right? That I compare. Okay. A New York strip because I only have the you know we get the porterhouse yeah. and I only have the strip side. I don't usually have the fillet side because I don't like fillet. I like the the, the fatty. I'm a big fillet guy. Are you? Yeah. Uh, fillet is flavorless. I want it, like melting Gross. in my mouth. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're off the podcast. You're done. <laughs> You're done. No, no okay, so, so but, I, but, that's so how like, I take Luger's too, and that, that's actually why I don't think Michelin makes any sense in New York City because Michelin uh, Luger's is the only Michelin starred steakhouse in yeah. New York City, and if that's your bar of what a Michelin star steakhouse is, no, there should just be there should be more than one yes, one star yes, steakhouse yeah, really. in so, New York City. So what what do you like? How does that compare? What's your favorite steakhouse that you've ever eaten at, and how does it compare to this place? In so New I'm not a big steak guy. Okay. So uh, I mean, oh, that's why he's a fillet guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. You have it well uh, done. I'm more of like a, it, yeah. I'm more of like uh, like give me like a nice seared foie gras and I'm set. All right. Now we're talking. Yeah. Uh, but uh, steakhouse, uh, you'll see me at a steakhouse like once a year. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. So when you go out to when you go out to um, restaurants and you want like seared foie gras, do you are there like places that you can go to in Central Jersey that have Absolutely. like really awesome? There's like several just in New Brunswick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Dewey Mari, which I was talking about earlier, uh, they had one of the best seared foie gras I've ever had in my life. Hmm. Um, and I know that like Stage Left Steak has one on their menu all the time. Uh, Frog in the Peach, which I was talking about earlier, it's a Bruce Laferb restaurant. Uh, they do a really good seared foie, and rightfully so. They should. They're they are consistently on like the top ten in the state. And you you consider all of these you know fine dining restaurants? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I would say my blog uh, trends more towards fine dining. Like I was saying, uh, a little more Bourdain than Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but. You know, Bourdain would also appreciate. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't say Bourdain would would be the name you want to drop. No, but but no, no, no. But he appreciates you know what everything. So yeah. I mean, I and I assume you know we've we've had conversations about this. You also like these, you know, you like the, the grease trucks yes. and you know so, yeah. fat yeah. Like that, uh, burgers, right? right? Are, uh, so I went to fat Rutgers, sandwiches. Yeah, fat sandwiches, yeah. which is yeah. the uh, originated at Rutgers University, which is just a greasy pile of. Everything terrible and great in the world. <laughs> I love it. The it's, Fat Daryl won yes. best sandwich in like the early 2000s from GQ. And uh, it was a big deal. The man versus food guy went there and could yeah. not beat the challenge. Wasn't he five of them? Five of them in 45 minutes, which is. Wow. What's the Fat Daryl? Uh, oh man, I it, think it's it like probably tomato has sauce. French fries and mozzarella sticks yeah, and chicken fingers. French fries, mozzarella sticks, uh, cheesesteak, tomato sauce. <laughs> it's like. It, yeah. So, like, the idea of eating that sober is just. 
You just don't do that. I That's not why it was you. made. It's not made yeah. for you to eat. No. <laughs> and eating five of them so rare. I mean, the idea of eating that after being 40 years old, like, I could, there's no way I could eat that. No. Even, no. At, th- even at 31. Done. I'm over it. <laughs> so um, so what are some of the, the hidden gems, then, like, that are not fine dining, but are, you I, know, good quality, low-end I My favorite restaurant, like, group or style of restaurant is the upscale casual. Oh, same. Where your dollar goes far, but it's not a cheap meal. So that's actually, I think, like, tapas-style restaurants, like, small mm-hmm. play restaurants, like, the upscale, upscale casual is maybe, like, the pinnacle of how I would like to eat. Yeah. Uh, okay. Perfect. It's, like, now shareables. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, they're, uh, on it, if, if we're talking about that category, mm-hmm. uh, Inc. in New Brunswick, INC, is probably my favorite restaurant in Central Jersey. Why oh, wow. are these places right. um, located in New Brunswick? Is because you know Johnson and Johnson is so there. So there's a lot of money. In there's New Brunswick, a lot of plus okay. uh, so like corporate headquarters. Rutgers, Johnson and Johnson, pharmaceuticals. Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like blowing up the food scene there too. Um, okay. and that's I mean I'm from that area, so I always try to rep it. Right. Um, but I mean Inc. They have one. They just opened a restaurant in, in Somerville called Salted Lime, which is a similar concept. It's like a um, Latin American, like a new Latin American restaurant with a lot of small plates. They make their tortillas there by hand every day. Uh, it's great. Um, like that kind of restaurant is um, where I would go every time if I could choose. Cool. Cool. I think we've got, so we've got the high end. We've got that sort of mid-range. We talked about, you know, the the crazy Rucker sandwiches. But what are some other? Well, wait, here, here's the one I, what I would do. Um. If you were taking somebody like New York, like snooty New Yorker, and you had to change them with one plate. One plate? One plate, one dish. <sighs> um, it's tough because a lot of the restaurants I take people to are uh, like really seasonal. And, uh, but I mean, right now, if yeah. I had to take somebody somewhere, it would probably be Heirloom Kitchen in uh, Old Bridge, New Jersey, which is just south of New Brunswick. Uh, so that's Dave Viana. Um, and he was just on Top Chef, the last season of Top Chef. He oh, okay. Almost won. I was rooting for him hard. But uh, he comes from, like, really good stock. Um, and the restaurant just got written up. Uh, NJ Monthly is, like, one of the best in the state. Uh, and their menu is, like, constantly fantastic. It's, they do chef's tasting a la carte. It's awesome. And it's BYO. So, so it's a good time. So yes, there you go. it can get a little wild. Uh, right now, I'd probably take somebody there. Um, what would you get? What would I get? Uh, like last time I was there, they had this like uh, potato peanut leek soup, which was just. And I'm not a soup guy. Thai? No, Wait, no. Uh, potato was, peanut leek. Well, well potato like leek cold, is classic. So obviously. it's like a, a cold peanut leek uh-huh. soup that I had there with like cold cream. Oh, it was out of this world. Wow, that's that sounds really interesting and delicious. And I, I, that that was actually going to be one of my questions: it's, is are like are there are there original restaurants? Are there restaurants where you go in and are like, wow, this is completely original. This is something that, like, and that dish sounds like it's something yeah. that's yeah. completely original. So I've to never me, it doesn't that. sound delicious. It sounds like something I have to try be- it, because it sounds like, I, if you were, I don't not believe you. I believe it is, but it's something that I need to try because it's right. like so out of well, this. Well, it's one of those things where you see on the menu and you're like, what's the, like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to eat that. But, and, and that was order, one of those like, scenarios where my girlfriend and I were there for, I think my birthday last year, and uh, we just tried as many of the plates as we could, and that one stood out. It was out unreal. Wow. So uh, what what's the most original restaurant that you've been to in a while in New Jersey? Original? Yes. Um, like, 
you know, were the dishes original? I mean, is that it? Is that the most original dish? Or is there something, you know? I mean, for New Year's, I went to uh, Elements in Princeton. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did, and I did like a chef's tasting menu. And it was probably the best, each course was probably the best bite of each of those elements that I've ever had in my life. Really? It was probably the best meal I've ever had in my life, period. Okay. Wow. That's, um, uh, that's high praise. Yeah. Um, orig- originality, though. Um, interesting concept, I would say, is probably um, a, a project pub in Somerville. Uh, they do um, so they do monthly um, menus that are paired with uh, like what's on tap, and they do a different Jersey brewery every month. Oh, cool! Uh, so they do a, they redo the menu every month to match to pair with uh, the beers that they have on tap, which I think is pretty cool. I like how hyper local that is. Yeah, I'm getting way way deep now, way <laughs> deep hyper local. Cool. Well, what are some of the uh, what are some of the cheap eats places that you cheap think eats? are are like hidden gems. Um, so I'm a big ramen guy. Yeah. Um, okay. Or we. I mean, who isn't? And right? so th- there's this ramen place across the street from me in North Brunswick called Rai Rai Ramen, and it is uh, some of the best broth I've ever had. Uh, and Rich that comes and fatty. And, oh, it's yeah. just sh- the shoyu they have is just. You got to try it. <laughs> uh, and then um, in New Brunswick, there's a ramen joint, uh, Ramen Nagomi. Uh, and these guys have a couple of concepts, uh, but ramen's, Ramen Nagomi is their original one. And this guy is trained with, like, the chefs from Nobu. Like, he knows his stuff. Um, and uh, I've written them up on the blog, and uh, they are really good people, and they have the best ramen that I've ever had in New Jersey. Hmm. Period. Um, and then, you know, there's, like, the there's a couple of... The good thing about Central Jersey is that it's an amalgamation of cuisines. Like, mm-hmm. you can get great Chinese food. You can get great Mexican food. Um, actually, New Brunswick has like one of the largest Mexican populations in the state. How so, are the tacos? Because New York City and, uh, tacos yes. suck. Her, her, oh, yeah, and what's yeah. what's what is up with that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not the first person to say this, but but yeah. we the place across high in New York City tacos are very good. Yeah, and then we found like one spot in Long Island City. I've found uh, a few spots. Yeah, but it's like you have to hunt them out. But like, there's like high end tacos yeah. and then like low end tacos, which are still delicious. But, yes, and, but well, like totally and that's what different. I'm saying. Like, like low-end tacos and bad pizza. Yeah, I think the the uh, you know what started this was I was in Austin and in and you can just go to any street card in Austin and pay three dollars and get like the best taco that you've had you know in your life. So is it like that in this magical land of New Jersey yes. that I? Yes, uh, it is. Okay, do you have like these taquerias just that pop up on, uh, you know the s- street corners like you see a new one pop open every month, and then you have like uh, the higher end tacos, and then you have this chain that just chain that originally originated in New Brunswick called Taqueria, and I just opened one in, I think, in Jersey City, uh, and they're doing really good stuff. I had no idea. I had no idea that uh, there was this Mexican scene in Oh, for sure. And not New just, Brunswick. Right? Not just New Brunswick, but like Manville, South Boundbrook, that area, Somerville. Uh, Har- it's a pretty high Mexican population, so... Huh. Harrison, New Jersey has a giant Portuguese population. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Newark I, as well. Yeah, Newark. So and... Ferry Street uh, in Newark... Um, is home to some of the best Portuguese and uh, tapas you'll find yeah. in the area. What, what's I had an the, op- Sorry, go ahead. What's the town with the huge Korean population where the first H-Mart was for a long uh, time? Edison? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty p- close. H-Mart is an experience. Oh, no, <laughs> now they're all over the city, so, like, I'm... But they're yeah. small one. The one in the, Edison That was the massive. original H-Mart? I, I, think for, I think that was the first one that they put in on the East Coast. I could be wrong, but I'm not. So yeah, I mean, while we're huge. on Edison, I got to shout out Shanghai Dumpling in Edison, which is right down the street from that H Mart. 
is just like you know you, when you walk in you know it's going to be good and it really? is really yeah all right well we're we're big dumpling fans um i i wish we had more time to talk about new, uh, new jersey you're going to have to come back on and we'll do a long form podcast we can talk about diners where we'll talk about and new why jersey I hate diners so much. and and <laughs> yes yeah yeah but this was uh this this was went by quickly our time here um we do have uh like maybe 10 more minutes um we'll do another segment on drinking you want to you stick like around drink, for our right? last I've, segment i've been known to dabble all right cool well We'll we'll have you back on in uh, in a few minutes. This is the Not a Foodie Show on Radio Rampa six twenty a.m. at Not a Foodie Show on Twitter and Instagram. We're gonna be back in a minute with Devin Healy. Hey Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn, at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not a Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little venture. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You could come in, take a tour, book a session tell them that the not a foodie show sent you and i'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount bk media studio in the heart of greenpoint brooklyn right next to the g train brooklyn's most convenient studio hey everyone it's tom from the not a foodie show are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant loving audience the not a foodie radio show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. Are you a bar owner or thinking about becoming one? Whether you need a new cocktail list or an entire staff trade, the experts at Express and Discard can help. Email today for a free consultation. Consult at expressdiscard.com. Everyone deserves an expert in their corner. Welcome back to the Nada Foodie Show on Radio Rampa, 620 AM, and wherever quality podcasts are found, Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, I don't know, a whole bunch of other places. Stitcher. Stitcher. Google Play. <laughs> I'm Tom. I'm Mike. Mike is here, and we've got Devin Healy. Devin. Hey, what's up, guys? Devin is from Kugeets. Um, he's stuck around for our favorite last segment, which is, what are you drinking tonight? But before we get into our cocktail segment, um, I want to take this opportunity, since we have someone on the podcast from New an Jersey expert. who is an expert, um, I need to know, first of all, what a pork roll is, second of all, what Taylor ham is, and third of all, what's the difference between the two of them? Is there a better? difference? And, you know, just just give us five minutes. Five minutes. Can you do that in five like, minutes? Or uh, is this like a I whole dissertation? About, I could talk about pork roll for like a half hour probably. <laughs> All right. Five minutes. All right. So pork roll, what is it? So it's like this processed meat log is the best way I can describe it. It's, it's a loose, loosely pork, quote unquote, product. What, um, wait, why is it? It's made of pork, though, right? It is. Uh, but it's pork scraps so or whatever it is. So pork roll and Taylor ham, John Taylor was the guy that originally invented it back in like the <laughs> late 1800s. Okay, there we go. Uh, this so is that, See, now this is my, yeah, my this, segment. I love we, geeking out on this. We've done this segment the, called History of Food a couple right. of times, so this is perfect. This is, this is my um, segment. I love this. It was invented in Trenton. So you have like the Trenton Pork Roll Company, uh, and then you had Taylor ham. 
Um, but I think somewhere in the early 1900s, um, it was no longer illegally allowed to be classified as ham by the FDA. Ah, okay. Uh, so people that are calling it, so it's the same thing. Pork roll and Taylor ham are the same product. Really? Okay. They're just a meat log that you slice up real thin, sort of like Canadian bacon, but way better, way greasier. Uh, and you just put it on like a flat top, crisp it up, and you put it on like a bagel or a hard roll. It's awesome. You do a, uh, the classic Jersey thing is a pork roll, egg and cheese on uh, like an everything bagel with salt, pepper, ketchup. That's it. Hot sauce. Or, oh, wow, that's bold. Salt, pepper, ketchup, hot sauce. Interesting. That's, that's what you do. Well, I, that's yeah. like to you mix guys put ketchup up. on your egg? I can't do yeah. that. I can't do it. On a, only no. on like a bagel on sandwich. A bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah. yeah. Nah, yes. I can't do it. Um, so the argument is is that North Jersey, like pretty much anybody north of like Route 78, calls it Taylor Ham. So like Morristown, Newark, Jersey City, that area. And then everybody south of that, it's pork roll. New Jersey is so... Weird. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to curse. New Jersey is weird. With so this. effing weird. It is yes. effing weird. Yes. Um, but w- this is, it's, it can't be called pork roll. Or, or sorry. It, it can't, can't be, be called, called Taylor, Taylor ham. ham. It right. hasn't been legally called Taylor ham since the 1900s. The package you buy in the store literally says Taylor pork roll. Okay. Even the original company <laughs> that invented it can no longer call it Taylor ham. Okay. It's now Taylor pork roll. So, Interesting. Guys, I guess so it's all stop calling it Taylor ham. It's really a sausage. It's like you're, it's you're like, radicals. It's like an uncased <laughs> sausage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I mean, well, it's it's probably it's like an emulsified sausage. It's like um, it's like bologna. Yes. It's like if you, yes. I mean, it's it's it is or bologna it's scrapple, except it's made of right? pork. Well, it scrapple's is a, different. Scrapple is much. Scrapple is delicious. Scrapple <laughs> is delicious. I love scrapple. I don't know what it is. I don't want to know. Nobody wants to know what fried up. Scrapple is really good. Really, really good. All right. All right, wonderful. So it is a pork roll. <laughs> Settled. Done? Yes, done. So what are you drinking tonight? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after my pork roll? Um, what are you pairing with your pork roll and cheese? Oh, man. Champagne. Um, yeah, definitely some definitely some bubbly. No. Um, I mean, if I had to go with my favorite cocktail um, that I can recreate perfectly at home, it would be an old-fashioned. Don Draper style. With the with the uh, sugar cube and all everything muddled in the glass yes. before you put it in, yeah, uh, maraschino cherry, very old school orange, you know, yes, orange maraschino muddle. You don't muddle the fruit in the old fashioned. I, well, I mean the Don Draper old fashioned. You don't muddle the, the fruit. Don Draper in an old, old fashioned. If you watched Mad Men, so when he, he makes it wrong. I don't know what to tell it, you. All right, so originally it was made like that in the fifties. Yes, but that is like an absolute, uh, just oh no, you don't muddle the fruit. No, you're, I agree with you, but I'm saying that is a Don Sorry, Draper John old Ham. fashioned. You can still muddle the cherry. No. I muddle the cherry. No, though. you're wrong. Oh, come on. I Okay, out of the three people here, who gets paid to do this? Out of Have you seen every episode of Mad Men five times? Because I have. Oh, all right. There see, is an episode there where he teaches... What a dad. He teaches <laughs> his <laughs> daughter how to make the old dad that was, the, that was the Tom Collins. <laughs> No, he teaches no, him how to make no, it. No, it was Conrad Hilton was teaching him how to make yes, it. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's but there is muddling the fruit is part of it. Anyway, okay, so you taught him wrong. I don't know what to, if I go. That's why I'm I, saying if you if put me going, in a college calculus class and I taught calculus, I'm, it would I'm gonna be wrong. shut your microphone off in a second. <laughs> but what I've been drinking at bars recently <laughs> is uh, we're sticking with like the pop culture drinks. Is like the classic James Bond Vesper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you know what it Vesper. is? Yeah, it's it's like. Th- you say he says it like in Casino Royale, the recipe. It's like half a measure of 
Gordon's gin, half a measure of uh, vodka, half a measure of Pinot Lillet. Yep. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. like yep. With an with a garnish. With a with, with a, a twist. twist. Uh, yeah. Lemon peel. Yeah. With a yeah. with a lemon peel twist. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good one. That's um that's like my wife's favorite. When she's sick of martinis, she'll have that. You like, do not uh, want to have too many of those. When things. she's no, sick of martinis, she'll have a she'll martini. have a vesper <laughs> martini. When she's sick of like hard old because a martini is gin. Yeah. Our martini is gin. Cold gin. Yeah. She should have been born in the fifties, obviously. <laughs> Uh, you got one? I do. Um, so I have been, when I was down uh, in Florida uh, like a month ago on vacation, I went to a rum bar where I sampled, a, I did a couple flights of different types of rum, and I found this um, one rum, it's called uh, Bumboo, and it's called the original rum, and I forget where it's from, but I'm going to look it up. So yeah, it's from, um, it's from Barbados, and they say that it's like the original rum. Um, and it really, it tastes like cinnamon and banana. No, no, no. It's a dark aged rum. It's, it's not Mount Gay. No, (laughs) it's not Bacardi. It's not Mount Gay. Um, but it is, it's, it's really rich. It's really like chocolatey. Um, and it has this crazy, crazy banana flavor to it. So it, it tastes like you're eating banana, banana flambe. Um, so it's really good. So I have been looking on the internet for um for recipes and there's this cocktail i don't know who invented it or where it comes from but i found it on multiple sites called the d6 and the d6 it's a modern spin on the mai tai and it uses bamboo rum it uses pineapple juice pomegranate juice and lime juice so my only uh not caveat but advice would be buy fresh pineapple and blitz it yeah, and I would, don't use a canned pineapple. That's I would fine. do that. Yeah, and pomegranate juice. I don't know. I I guess you, you just can buy. You pom- gotta buy yeah. pomegranate juice. But, but you you could cut that with water too if you think it's like too strong. Yeah, yeah. So the D six is what I'm going to experiment with, um, this weekend. Uh, so mine is called the last word. I hope I haven't done it before. You uh, have. No, really? Yeah. No. Yes, have I just have. done every gin cocktail? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so then I'm gonna do uh the pina colada. But a true pina colada. Okay. So you use good rum. You use blend, fresh blended pineapple. Mm-hmm. And Coco Lopez. Coco uh, Lopez. Coconut milk. Okay. And My only advice to you would be go out and get some coconuts and drill <laughs> holes in them. Yeah. And use and real, real coconut milk. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway. And then I like to cut it with a little OJ. With OJ? Yeah. Really? You cut your pina coladas with I OJ? I like it. It's not for everybody. I like it. Oh, that sounds really disgusting to me. I don't know. Like, I'm first of all, I'm not a huge pina colada person. Unless I'm sitting like, well, you didn't let me do the last word because apparently I did it already. I well, (laughs) I don't make the rules. You make the rules. (laughs) I do make the rules. (laughs) So you're adding orange juice out of spite? No, no, no. I've never done pina colada. No, (laughs) I like it with a tiny bit of OJ. Okay. What is the OJ? It makes it like creamsicle flavor. Yeah, it is a little acid. Okay, I like it. That's cool. Um, good. <laughs> Anything else that we want to add? Send me more classic cocktails because I'm running <laughs> because out of them. Because Mike's running out of cocktails. All right. Well, I guess that's about it. That's all the time that we have for the Not a Foodie Show. So, Devin, thanks for thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for coming pleasure. on and let's, uh, let's... and enlightening us. <laughs> I got a lot more. So. I'm sure we're gonna hold you to it. You're gonna come back. All right. We'll talk about diners. Yes, definitely. We're Big on diners. Mike, it's Memorial Day weekend. So have, have a fun. good one. Have, have a good one. Have a great Monday. Go barbecue.
Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little venture. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session, tell them that the Not A Foodie Show sent you, and I'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount. BK Media Studio in the heart of Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Right next to the G Train. Brooklyn's most convenient studio. Hey everyone, it's Tom from the Not A Foodie Show. Are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant-loving audience? The Not A Foodie Radio Show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets. For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. Are you a bar owner or thinking about becoming one? Whether you need a new cocktail list or an entire staff train, the experts at Express and Discard can help. Email today for a free consultation. Consult at expressdiscard.com. Everyone deserves an expert in their corner. Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little venture. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session, tell them that the Not A Foodie Show sent you, and I'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount. BK Media Studio in the heart of Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Right next to the G Train. Brooklyn's most convenient studio. Hey everyone, it's Tom from the Not A Foodie Show. Are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant loving audience? The Not A Foodie Radio Show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets. For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. Are you a bar owner or thinking about becoming one? Whether you need a new cocktail list or an entire staff train, the experts at Express and Discard can help. Email today for a free consultation. Consult at expressdiscard.com. Everyone deserves an expert in their corner. Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little venture. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session, tell them that the Not A Foodie Show sent you, and I'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount. BK Media Studio in the heart of Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Right next to the G Train. Brooklyn's most convenient studio. Hey everyone, it's Tom from the Not A Foodie Show. Are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant loving audience? The Not A Foodie Radio Show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets. 
For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. Are you a bar owner or thinking about becoming one? Whether you need a new cocktail list or an entire staff train, the experts at Express and Discard can help. Email today for a free consultation. Consult at expressdiscard.com. Everyone deserves an expert in their corner.